Outstanding, like a farmer in his field. Well, if that isn't some juicy content. Indeed. Circle gets the square. I'm going to pull some fast gotcha questions. Carry on, James. Carry on. You know what, Craig? That's a good call. Regulators! Mount up. It was a clear... All right. It is another edition of the Channel Futures Podcast, Coffee with Craig and James. I am Craig Galbraith, Editorial Director for Channel Futures. Joining me, as always, our news editor, Mr. James Anderson. James. Mr. Anderson. How are you? Craig, I am doing well. I hope you're doing well. I hope the people of the world are doing well. It's just uh, an average morning for me. How's your morning going? Oh, but it sounded like for a while there was all rainbows and puppy dogs for you. Sort of. I would love to get a dog someday, but um, that's, that's a ways into the future. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, we are back with another episode, episode 94. And I know you've got reason to be excited. I am certainly excited. Oh, yeah, Craig. Well, we're going to break some news on this podcast whoa i know it's like a it's like a thing we joke about uh breaking news on the podcast but this time we've actually got some live breaking news something like that something like that that's really good craig was that a good impression of our breaking news music oh yeah i'll I'll bring it up later Uh, so people know that it's actually a little better than what i can do okay yeah you know hey i have that voice up there just as a benchmark though (laughs) i like it i like it yeah so the breaking news it glue a kaseya company which is having its glue x virtual event today and tomorrow uh, may 4th and 5th is announcing a pretty significant acquisition of a company that uh, many in our audience will be familiar with Uh, We're going to hear about that coming up in just a few minutes. Also, they've got a new benchmark survey out that talks about how MSPs fared during the pandemic. We'll also get a a preview, of course, of the company's Glue X event from Nadir Merchant. Nadir is the general manager of IT Glue. So looking forward to a a little MSP talk here in just a bit, my friend. It's going to be juicy, Craig. In the meantime, this song, I trust this is from 1994 since this is the 94th episode of the podcast yeah i'm nothing if not consistent uh, but deviating here just a bit from my usual genre of alternative rock admit it you uh feel a dull groove coming on oh i can't help the music man it is uh it's surging through my veins so moving beyond the music craig uh, i think it's time that we do one of the things that we do best make fools of ourselves that's very close craig but uh no we're gonna be tooting our own horns Oh, that's right. Esteemed channel analyst Jay McBain of Forrester has once again bestowed us, voted by the people, with the honor of appearing on his list of the 100 best channel podcasts of 2021. That's quite an honor, Craig. I noticed your voice dropped just a little bit before you said best. What did you say right before that? Well, Jay, who is truly one of the most knowledgeable guys in the channel, is also one of the busiest I was saying we're listed as one of the 100 best channel podcasts of 2021. Man, I mean, first, who would have thought there were even 100 channel podcasts? Just two years ago, 
his list had 64 podcasts on it. Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully there are like a thousand channel podcasts, so mm. that would put us in the top 10th, right? I mean, that's an optimistic way to look at it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Now, they were listed alphabetically, but uh, we have some insight into what Jay thinks is really the best of the best. You'll recall what he told us when he joined us on this podcast a couple of months ago. Roll the clip. You're absolutely the number one seed and everybody's looking at you and and, and looking at you two looking to take you down a notch. Yeah, and in all serious, I mean, we joke around, but there are there are some pretty good channel podcasts out there. Uh, I mean, I noticed lots of names that I hadn't seen on there before. I noticed Avant uh, Analytics had one. I noticed, yeah. Uh, yeah, some other some other good brands had them out there. So yeah, you know, go into Apple Podcasts and uh, and Google Google Channel Podcasts and see what you find. Yeah, we're definitely honored to be on that list, despite uh, my joking around. Uh, Jay is a terrific guy. Of course, welcome on this podcast again anytime. Uh, and are you just now buttering him up for the 2022 list, Craig? Uh, you know what they say about flattery. I, I'm not familiar with that. Uh, you millennials aren't into cliches much, are you? Excuse me, I can't, I can't hear you over the sound of my avocado toast, Craig. <laughs> okay, so to maintain that lofty spot on Jay's list, we better do what really gets us there. Uh, our great interviews with top channel representatives. Yeah, speaking of guests, after we talk to Nadir and learn all about IT Glue and the GlueX event that's going to happen this week, we're going to have a great chat with Channel Futures Managing Editor, Buffy Naylor, our good friend, Buffy. She's yeah. heading up our brand new diversity, equity, and inclusion community that's had sort of a soft launch over the last couple of months. And now we're letting the world know about it. Yeah, she's going to tell us about that, plus a big virtual workshop we've got coming up in about a month featuring a panel of experts in the channel who will present on strategies for DEI success. Uh, sign up for that workshop. You'll also hear from an expert on allyship from Harvard University. James went to ASU, so he's pretty jealous. Yeah, no, they're, uh, this, yeah, they're, they're, they're close cousins. <laughs> yeah, really, really close on the academic scale. Um, <laughs> he's a former IBM executive, so he really knows the tech industry. Yeah, I look forward to that. But first... I.T. Glue. All right, James, we're really happy to welcome into the coffee house, Nadir Merchant. Nadir is the general manager of I.T. Glue, a Kaseya company. Nadir, how are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? Doing very well. Thanks for joining us. Let's let's start off by talking about I.T. Glue. For those folks in our audience who may not be that familiar with the company, why don't you give us a, a little history? Yeah, so IT Glue started about six years ago. It was the first purpose-built IT documentation platform, really driven to help IT teams be more efficient. You know, we feel like IT teams, before they had a purpose-built solution for documentation, had their information spread over too many different data sources. You know, you had unstructured documents, SOPs, instructions on how to do things were stored, often in a SharePoint or Microsoft Office on a uh, file shares or something like that. They had passwords stored in a totally separate solution, worst case scenario on sticky notes. And then you had your structured documentation in, in some sort of RMM endpoint management tool in, your, in the PSA tool for MSPs. 
And so technicians were jumping between these different tools to try to figure out what was going on in the client site. And we wanted to really make them more efficient, bring all those things together because we believe that those pieces of information are often used together. You know, a technician looks at hardware information to figure out what's set up on a site. And then they might look at an SOP to figure out how do I go and solve a problem on that site. And typically that requires a password, some sort of shared admin password. So by bringing that all together into one single solution, we can really drive technician efficiency, make that make it easy for them to understand what is happening on a site and how do I solve the problem. Yeah, I appreciate that background. Now, we on this podcast normally joke a lot about doing breaking news, but you know, because we record it in advance, that pretty much <laughs> never happens. But uh, today, it looks like we have the opportunity for such a thing. We've learned that IT Glue announced the acquisition of True Methods. Now, those of us on the Channel Futures brand, we actually know Gary Pika, president of True Methods. He's spoken a lot at our shows and is, is a pretty influential figure. Nadir, do you mind talking a little bit about what this True Methods acquisition means for IT Glue and the MSPs that it works with? Yeah, absolutely. So we're really excited about this. We're, we have a long history with Gary Pika. Gary was one of the original evangelists for IT Glue when we first started, and we didn't have any formal relationship with him, but he just loved what we were doing. And, you know, in 2015, 2016, when we were first getting started, you know, getting our first 100 or so MSPs on the platform, um, Gary was a big proponent of ours. He did a lot of co-marketing with us, lots of webinars. He really helped us um, get a lot of credibility. Um, in, in the marketplace. And, um, you know, we're eternally grateful to Gary for that. You know, as we continued developing our relationship over the years, you know, it, it became clear to us that IT Glue was the right place for my IT process, his uh, software product uh, to help uh, drive technical alignment with uh, with the MSP customers and help them grow their business. So by bringing my IT process into the fold, we can really help scale up that product and we can bring the elements of VCIO that um, my IT process couldn't bring to the table. IT Glue brings the data and my IT process brings thought leadership, structure, alignment to the process. So by taking the IT Glue data and integrating it with my IT process, we can really help drive the VCIO process and make the MSPs more efficient, which is you know what our mission is about at IT Glue. We're all about how do we make MSPs more effective and more efficient. And um, True Methods is all about how can they scale their business and deliver more effectively. So bringing the IT Glue data into my IT process can really help drive that. And that's why we wanted to bring these things together. And that's why Gary felt like IT Glue was the right home, the right long-term home for my IT process. Cool stuff, Nadir. We were just talking before the, the show started about GlueX and the fact of, fortunately, you're still able to have the event this year. Of course, it's virtual, but uh, we miss seeing you here in the Phoenix area. Yeah, we absolutely love Phoenix. Uh, we did uh, the first two events down there in, in Scottsdale, and um, we're really um, looking forward to being back there hopefully next year. Yeah, it sounds great. So maybe give us a few highlights of what attendees can expect at the virtual event uh, happening this week. Yeah, so GlueX is our innovation cycle for the year. This is where we get a ton of time to connect with our customers, make our biggest announcements of the year, and get a ton of feedback. We spend a lot of time interacting at the show. We love to be um, really well connected. This is not a place where we just want to do presentations and, and, and run away. We love to get connected and, and spend a lot of time talking to our partners, understand what they need in their business and how we can uh, better help them succeed. Also, 
help them understand where we're going, what we're doing. We've got a ton of really big announcements. I know we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. So really excited about what we'd be launching there. And one thing that we're doing different this year from previous years is we have a whole dedicated track to the IT Glue product, helping MSPs get more value out of their relationship with IT Glue. So in addition to our sales and marketing and business development track and our security track, we have an entire technical track for IT glue and helping people use the product more effectively and learn about how they can get more out of it. So regarding some of those announcements, it'd be great to get into detail on on some of those. I, I know there are some updates around the platform. I know there's a new survey that's coming out. Um, do you mind talking about those? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as I mentioned, uh, GlueX is our innovation cycle for the year, and and this is a it's a customer event. This is where you know everybody who's there, ninety nine percent of cust of people there are going to be existing IT Glue users. Many of them using the platform for a long time. So we really focus our updates and releases that we do for the show really at existing users, people who've been in the platform for a long time and they're really looking to get more out of it. Or you know, what are the big things that they've been waiting for? So we're really excited about the announcements that we have. They're very aligned with the requests that we've been hearing from customers, the the votes in our idea portal. So a couple of the longstanding features that people have been really looking for are automated secure backup in IT Glue, some way to fully automate the, the backup to guarantee that they have access to their data should something unforeseen happen or should their, their internet be down or something like that. Um, so we're going to be la launching um, iterations to our full account export to automate that process. We're going to be launching the ability to, to store personal passwords in IT Glue. So this will allow technicians to have their own uh, passwords stored in IT Glue, use it as their own password manager and not have passwords that, you know, the admin of the IT Glue account can see. We're going to be launching a ton of new integrations. We've got seven new integration enhancements that we'll be launching, as well as a whole bunch of improvements to our documentation management system to allow document expirations and workflows around documents to control the life cycle of them. So that's just kind of a snippet into some of the things, that, big things that we'll be announcing. We've got a full product update on day two that uh, we'll be going into a lot of detail on all of those items and also sharing some uh, exciting news about our roadmap and what we're, where we'll be going over the next few months. Excellent. Obviously, a lot of exciting things to be uh, talking about, Nadir. No doubt there will be a discussion about the pandemic and how MSPs have managed it. Uh, how do you see them faring now as we uh, start to come out of it? Yeah, so it's pretty interesting. You mentioned our benchmark survey. One of the biggest takeaways I, I took from our most recent benchmark survey is that MSPs are getting more optimistic and they're seeing the improvements in their business. Significant number of MSPs have reported their revenues are up this year over last year. Uh, we're seeing M&A activity, uh, reported M&A activity also continue to rise, both active activity and also um, anticipation for more acceleration. So, you know, the trend that we've been seeing over the last several years with more M&A in the space, it, uh, it cooled off a little bit in the spring and summer of last year. We started to see it pick back up in the fall and it's just been roaring this year. So uh, a lot of optimism and excitement in the community. That's fantastic. Nadir, as we start to close here, as you're speaking directly to these MSP partners that you work with, any advice you have for them, any takeaways they should um, walk away with from this podcast? Yeah, so, you know, as, as we see the space continue to mature, the MSPs that we see winning are those that are spending time working on the business instead of in the business. And, you know, you've all heard this for many years. This is not a new story. But what we're seeing is, 
as they continue to do that, the way that they work on the business is to build a professional go-to-market organization. And that's really what separates the MSPs that struggle to grow with those that are really becoming huge, right? Those that go very effectively from 10 employees, you know, one to $3 million up to that 20, 30, $40 million in revenue, it's building a professional go-to-market organization. So that's the biggest takeaway I would, I would give to anybody listening to this. If you want to grow your business, especially if you're a technical founder, somebody who, who really knows IT well, but you hate to sell like many of us, right? I'm a technical person to sell myself. I'm an engineer. I'm not a seller. Hire a great salesperson. Hire somebody who can run your go-to-market organization and really help you build your business. That and more great advice from Gluex, uh, May 4th and 5th. Uh, Nadir, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Nadir. Great stuff there from Nadir, James. You know, it was interesting hearing him talk about, you know, not liking to sell. We have so many folks on this podcast who come on and, and they're really core salespeople who aren't so much into the tech geek speak. Uh, Nadir, definitely the other way, an engineer who doesn't want to sell. It just shows the diverse makeup of our channel. Yeah, it's fascinating. When I first entered this industry, I was telling people like, you have no idea like the people that I'm working with, because it's like, take the two most opposite types of people like these <laughs> charismatic sales folk, and no offense, but like maybe more, more introverted nerds. So and then there are some people that are actually a combination of both of those. And let me tell you that that is quite the hybrid. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where you and I fall. We probably don't want to explore that. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we're, uh, that that's a good, that's, hmm. we're, we're Renaissance people. So we're, <laughs> we're special. We're in our own yes. category. Yeah, good way, good way to put it. All right, so we've been on a bit of a game kick to hold our casties attention in between interviews lately. Ooh, I know I didn't prepare a game this week, Craig. So that tells me you've dipped your toes into the game lab. I did indeed. You're usually the game master around here, but... Ooh, and I, I see. So, you know, you like great segues and transitions so much, Craig. You know, and I know we've got Buffy coming on in a minute to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, does that mean you've prepared a game that's thematically linked to DE&I? Uh, no. Uh, I'm struggling to figure out how we could do a funny bit about that. Filter back on, millennial. Okay. What inspired this was a week or two ago seeing the video of Rob Gronkowski catching a football that was dropped from a helicopter. Did you see that? I did not. That's that's incredible. I don't believe it. I don't believe it, Craig. Right. I don't this believe it happened. Fake news. Yeah. Uh, no, actually it happened. So uh, since you missed it, uh, that could be question number one. I'm going to lead you down a road here where... I throw out some amazing Guinness Book of World Record facts, and then you're going to guess like how long the longest fingernails in the world are, that sort of thing. Does that make sense? Does that sound like fun? Okay. Yeah. So, be great. so this one with Gronk, this is the, the first one. How high uh, was the helicopter that dropped that football that he caught? You know, accounting for wind resistance. And it was in Tucson, Arizona, if that helps. Oh, well, that is significant. Um, oh, yeah, he went to U of A. Yeah. Uh, well, that tells me, well, these are pretty clear skies in Arizona. I'm going to say he it was 1,000 feet in the air. Wow, now that would have been an accomplishment for sure. You, you're a little high, not a terrible guess. It, it was 600 feet. That was the uh, that was the record. So it would be equivalent to uh, someone dropping a football off the uh, Space Needle in Seattle, which is about uh, about 600 feet. Hmm. Well, So pretty impressive. Yeah, we um we should break that record. 
<laughs> we should. I mean, it seems like there are other records that would be a lot harder to break uh, than that one. So, yeah, you and I should go for it. Yeah, let's jot that down in the schedule after, uh, <laughs> after we record this. All right, here's another one, one you'd really appreciate, because uh, as people may recall, uh, you won the Channel's Got Talent competition uh, a few years ago by uh, saying that you could lick your elbow, and apparently somebody saw it, so there's some sort of validation here. So this guy uh, supposedly has the world's longest tongue. How how long do you think this dude's tongue is? So we're talking about, uh, I need to think about my tongue anatomy here. Like yeah. from like opening of mouth, is that where we're measuring it from? Or I, are we I measuring think, it? Yeah, I think you're getting uh, getting a little overcomplicated. Like how far he can go out of the mouth? Well, I don't even know how I'm far I'm pretty back sure I'm pretty sure it's the full length of the tongue going back don't to our his tongues throat. like extend into our esophagus. Mm, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think okay, it only it goes back to your uvula, uvula or whatever that thing the is. <laughs> yeah. The, well, you know, I have a pretty long tongue. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I think I I would say mine is probably six inches, but I I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a nine inch tongue. Oh, wow. Now, that, that that also would be really long. Now, this measures it uh, in centimeters, and this is 10.1 centimeters. So I think that's, you know, if I recall my conversion rates in chemistry, I mean, that's like seven, seven something inches. So you're a little long there. You're, you're over guessing here. I mean, you're, you're supposed to go way under on these things. That, that's how this works. But, I mean, uh, this guy sounds like his tongue really isn't that long. Well, but... it's, uh, yeah, well, it, it's longer than I would probably want as a tongue. Sure. Okay, well, let's go on to, uh, I wouldn't encourage looking this one up because the picture is kind of gross. Um, but uh, this gentleman has a, a rare medical condition called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. He, he can stretch the skin of his stomach uh, out. Um, how far do you think he can stretch the skin of his stomach? How many inches? Well, I mean, it's he can stretch it far enough to like put it over his head and like wear it as like a like a hat. So I'm trying to calculate that. And I need to underguess a little bit too. So I'm gonna say 20 inches. <laughs> no. Uh, that again is a little long. Uh, six and a quarter inches is the correct answer here. Okay. Yeah. Let's uh, let's let's do another one here. Let me let me scroll down the list here a little bit. Okay, we got a parrot here. Uh, what's the record for this parrot opening the number of cans in one minute? His name is Zach. He is a macaw. Uh, how many cans did he open in one minute in San Jose back in uh, 2012? Okay, macaws are typically pretty good with cans so yeah. in a minute i mean yeah. how many cans can i open in a minute i can open maybe two cans in a minute um, <laughs> two <laughs> okay uh, i'm guessing he used his beak he did you know i, I bet you he could do it every i don't know every six seconds okay uh, i guess so let's say six uh i'm gonna say uh 10 cans 10. Now, this was your first one you guessed under. Uh, in, in fact, you way, uh, went way under. This macaw is very talented. He used his beak to open 35 cans uh, oh. in a single minute. He's kind of like the, what's that guy at the, the hot dog contest? Joey, what's his name? Uh, eats 70 hot dogs or whatever. Joey, this macaw is very talented. I mean, they're very talented, and I forgot the guy he, uh, he uh, upstaged. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so I, let's do let's do one more. We'll, we'll close it out uh, here with this one. What is the world record for spinning a basketball on a toothbrush? Uh, how long? On a toothbrush? 
Yeah. Um, uh, a gentleman named Sandeep, he's uh, from Canada. Uh, it's a pretty bizarre one, but he spun a basketball on a toothbrush for this long uh, in 2019. And how is how these things are even, I mean, who would even try these to break these records? There must be people who just... Well, no, I, yeah, I used to have the record, so... Oh, you at did? The, at the okay. time, it was like... Away. Yeah, it was like 10 or so seconds. So I'm thinking thinking he's at least doubled that. Um, okay, so I, I mean, it's really, it's very similar to a finger, right? People can can roll a basketball on their finger for maybe for a long time. So I would say for probably a minute, someone could roll a, a basketball on their finger. So I'm going to say two minutes. Not bad. I'm going to give you one of these that you usually give me in these contests. Oof. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, it's oh. actually one minute and eight seconds, but you were in the one to two minute range. So I'm going to give you credit for that. That was pretty, that was pretty good. You. Yeah. Cool. That, oh, that feels good. Yeah. That feels yeah. Good. It feels good to get that ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well done. That was kind of, that was kind of fun. Uh, yeah, it was. fun. Coming up with that on a fly. Yeah. We learned things about, you learned things about me that I probably, none of them are actually true what I said about myself. So, but no, uh, we're, we're all learning. <laughs> so Craig, uh, speaking of records, do you know, who holds the record for greatest colleague? All right, we're joined by our friend Buffy Naylor. Buffy is the managing editor at Channel Futures and uh, is here today to talk to us about DE&I initiatives. Buffy, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm having an all right day. What about you, Craig? You doing okay? Uh, still doing well, James. Haven't okay. changed much since we talked a few seconds ago. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Well, you hang in there, okay? Okay, we'll do. Just like to um, check on you. <laughs> so, Buffy, it. you have been very busy this spring. Could you give us some background on why Channel Futures uh, started this DE&I community? What is this DE&I community? Um, can you kind of just, yeah, just sort of give us the 411? To give you some background, uh, diversity and inclusion had been a, a topic in tech for a long time, because let's get honest, the tech industry and the channel as well are largely white and male. And so there had been a few attempts to, to go the diversity route. But then with the events of last summer, it really galvanized everything. And the people of Channel Futures in response in July, around July, issued a and a statement in support of the Black Lives Matter. And out of some of the discussions that took place in formulating that statement, the idea came up for a group called Allies of the Channel Council. And that was basically, it's dealing more with the social issues. And I'll get into to the differentiation in a minute. But it's it was just kind of a safe place, a place for people to talk, a place for people to bring up the issues that should be addressed, come up with some action items on all of these things. And it brought in people from all areas of the channel, like distributors, master agents, MSPs, anybody, anybody that wanted to participate can. And that's then it's still open. It, that's still good. But given the reaction that we had, which was like gangbusters, it was decided that there was a very, you know, this was demonstrating a very real need for DE&I direction in the channel, we are not by any means positioning our, ourselves as authorities. What we are is doing the same thing we do with the technology information and the sales information. 
we are providing a forum and a format for people to get the information they need on DEI. We have subject matter experts, we have workshops, we have meetups, we will have events at the live event. So we are facilitating a demonstrated need for DEI information and resources. So Buffy, what this has all culminated in is this uh, sort of DEI community we've got built in, and a lot of those resources that you're talking about, and, and people should know that you are, ma- are the manager of this community, so thank you uh, very much for taking that on. Sure. Uh, it, it's culminated in this uh, community page that we've got where you can mm-hmm. find all those resources on Channel Futures. Uh, can you discuss that a little bit and what, what uh, folks can find there? Let me start by saying we have a wonderful DEI advisory board. We brought in some of the people from ACC, from the Allies of the Channel, and other people uh, to provide us with guidance for this page and for all of our content and everything we do. So this page is basically a news feed dedicated to the DEI issues and the stories that we do. Then on the sidebar, we have links to blogs about DEI. Some of them are ours, some of them are other people's. It, it's really a, a community. We have videos, we have industry news, we have reports, we have links to our partners, quote unquote partners in this endeavor. That would be, of course, the ACC. It would also be the Exposure, Inclusion and Diversity Council, the Alliance of Channel Women, and CompTIA. And then we have a, a little place for upcoming events, ours, of course, and then uh, others that, that we're supporting. So it's here's where you can get some information, but it's also where you can have your own voice be heard. The difference between us and ACC, we're complementary, but ACC is social, more social in general, just what's going on. And we are business focused because that's what Channel Futures does. We're business focused. How you can do DE&I so that you get all the benefits of it. You know, so many people are very anxious to get started but they're afraid to. They don't want to misstep. They don't want to offend anybody. And really, as any any DEI expert will tell you, the most important thing to do is take the first step. Mistakes can be forgiven. Inaction cannot. That's really good insight, Buffy. Could you talk about the long-term plan for the community? You know, what it looks like to really engage with the audience and really fully embody that community? Yeah. Right now, our primary focus, of course, was on the on racism. We also have a very strong focus on women because they have had a hard fight in the channel and in tech in general. But the long-term goal is to, there's no checklist for DE&I. You can't say, okay, do this, do this, do this. Okay, now we're done. It's organic. So our long-term goal is to follow the winding path of DEI and provide people with information and resources and updates as they go. To facilitate that, we have we're right now putting together a state of DEI in the channel survey. And it's just going to kind of provide us with a baseline of where things stand now, where we're doing well, where we're not doing so good, where people need help, where people are willing to offer help, this sort of thing. It's just it's just going to be taking a temperature right now. It will also provide us with information on what directions we need to take, where do people need help, what things we should address in the DEI community. At the same time, we have a right now, we have a DEI 101 application that's open on the website. And the purpose of this is 
basically to acknowledge and honor the people who have for a while now been working in DE&I, but pretty much under the radar. We want to get their faces and their names and their accomplishments out there and recognize them for being industry leaders in the DE&I area. This will also kind of position them as a resource and a mentor and and kind of the elders, so to speak, of the DE&I community. We also have our first workshop set up for June 8th, and it will be on the overreaching title of them is DEI Inclusion Strategies for Channel Success Workshops. And the first one is going to be June 8th from 11 to 2.30 Eastern Daylight Time. We're going to have an executive panel on DEI. There will be a call to action on allies, and that's what's scheduled for right now. And it will be a lot of valuable information and, and, and give and take. You know, it's not it's just not going to be us handing down verbiage from on high. It's it's going to be a community. Yeah, and we've already got a lot of big players in this space uh, lined up for that. Right. We have Venard Wright, who's the president of Wave Welcome, which is a company that specializes in facilitating digital transformation. And he his panelists will be Philip Walker with Network Solutions Provider, Jason Price of Datto, and Micah Rosales-Peterson of Telesystem. And Micah and Jason are also members of our uh, DEI advisory board. And then for the call to action on being an ally, we have Gary Comer, who's a director of HR consulting for Harvard. So he's got a very strong background huh. in uh, educating about DEI and dealing with a lot of different issues because the education, educational front has really been active in this area for a long time. Yeah, a few minutes ago, Buffy, I gave James a hard time because I told him since he went to Arizona State, he wasn't in this guy's league for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went to a college that was always called the Harvard of the Midwest, and we were like, huh? So I'm not in that league either. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, you know, I'm I'm excited about the workshop. I'm excited about uh, the DEI uh, 101 list that we're going to be putting out. That's going to be a list unlike uh, anything that the channel has seen up until this point. Um, mm -hmm. Why don't you talk, Buffy, just a little bit about why you wanted to take on this uh, role of our DEI uh, uh, community manager? I won't use uh, words like guru or czar because uh, I know you. those aren't your favorite. <laughs> I do not <laughs> like those. Why, why did you want to do this? What's uh, what is this issue to you? Well, like most people, I have very strong feelings about diversity and inclusion and equity, but my uh, my personal background is that I was lucky. I'm from the Midwest and I was lucky enough to be raised in a very diverse community, in a very diverse neighborhood. I mean, race, religion, physical ability, ethnic background, you name it, we had it. And I'm sure, especially being in the Midwest, there was racism and prejudice going on all around us. But we, you know, we were idiots. We were kids. We were just taking each other on face value with the way kids do. And, uh, bopping along in our own little bubble of naivete. And of course, as we got older and got into the real world, that bubble not only popped, it exploded. And all of a sudden, and of course, the, the term white privilege wasn't around then. So I didn't, I couldn't put it into words, but I realized that when it rained, I didn't get as wet as my friends. They were being denied access. They were being turned away from things. They were not, it was not an equal playing field. And I didn't understand why. And a couple of times when I was very young, I tried to, to step up to it and almost literally got slapped back. But I knew it was wrong. It made me mad and it scared me. Well, fast forward a few decades and things are still going on that I know are wrong and make me mad and scare me. 
but I'm not going to get slapped back now. So I wanted to take a position where I could help other people who felt the same way I do. I really appreciate that background, Buffy. Going forward, um, what are the action steps for someone who wants to get involved with DE&I efforts, um, whether that's joining ACC or contributing content to the community? Um, what should they do to go about that? I think the, the, the easiest thing for them to do would be just to email me. And my email address is Buffy, B-U-F-F-Y dot Naylor, N-A-Y-L-O-R, and Informa.com. And I can set them off in any direction they want to go. If you want to investigate a little bit right now, anybody wants to investigate, we have a LinkedIn group um, and just put in Allies of the Channel Council and it'll come up and it'll kind of show you what's going on because everything we do on the council side, which is a little bit more of a deep dive, shows up on the on the LinkedIn page. And at this point, what I would, what I would say is really, if you think you are or know somebody that you think should be on the DE&I 101 list, please Please contact me or go on over the website and get the application because, again, we are not positioning ourselves as experts. We are looking to the community to provide us with these people who have kind of been the unsung heroes for years and years. That is terrific, Buffy. Uh, thanks so much for your work on DEI with Channel Futures. Uh, and thanks for joining us on the podcast. Always great to talk with you. Yes. Thanks, Buffy. Thank you for having me. All right. So just a reminder, uh, we've got everything that we talked about with Buffy there uh, as far as the DEI workshop goes, the advisory board, the DEI 101. Uh, you can find all that information on the landing page of this podcast on Channel Futures. Yeah, check it out. Follow Buffy on, on LinkedIn and, and Twitter, and uh, it, it should be a really good conversation. Lots to learn, lots to grow in. So check that out. Yeah, she's doing a great job. Another thing we're looking forward to is the Channel Partners Conference and Expo Homecoming Show, November 1st through the 4th in Las Vegas. Our call for speakers just recently opened, James. So you want to talk about that just a little bit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're looking for you in the channel audience to apply to speak at our event. You know, vendors, agents, MSPs, and everyone in between, you know. It's a both a, a great opportunity for you to showcase your knowledge and for us to have the best and brightest people in the channel on our stage. And when I say stage, I'm talking about an actual stage, you know, Whoa. actual wooden, are they made of wood? Wooden <laughs> stage with lights and not a virtual stage, Craig. <laughs> You're getting into the construction there. That's good. Mm -hmm. uh, and since we are co-locating our brand new MSP Summit with CP Expo, uh, there are so many conference tracks you can apply to speak in. Our business of the channel track includes a focus on marketing strategies, optimizing sales, industry trends, leadership development, M&A and exit strategies, and operations and finance. Yeah, lots of people do prefer to take that business emphasis towards yeah. the education tracks but we also have some technology focused tracks mm -hmm. um we've got uh 5g some on security some on cloud uc network infrastructure mobility edge computing remote monitoring management just to name a few yeah so what you need to know to submit your proposal first thing is to be aware of the deadline and it's coming up quickly it's uh friday this friday may 7th uh, so don't waste any more time listening to us yeah well i mean they, they, they've got a couple minutes left here so they, they can hang on yeah no 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 need to jump off immediately uh, all right good point good point i guess if they've made it this far through all of our shenanigans they probably aren't going anywhere anyway 
So we're asking for 300 words on what you want to talk about and any third-party research you'll be referencing. The other biggie is to provide us with a supplementary downloadable educational asset that attendees can take away from your presentation. Now, of course, you don't have to rewind this podcast section over and over to re-listen and write that down. We have a link to all the details about our call for speakers on the landing page of this podcast. Phew, I can appreciate a good DJ record scratch, but nobody but us would want to put you and me on repeat. And I can't help but notice how you use the word biggie. That is, it honestly is strange because I, I mean, you have a script, Craig, but I did not read ahead in it. That, it's a weird thing. That's strange. What's with this podcast, man? What, what's going on with us? We're in a, we're in a rap now, huh? That's cool. <laughs> 94th episode, 1994 music. Uh, we finally made it to the year little Jamesy made it into the world. Plus, we made it through the big Channel Partners Online, Channel Futures website merge. And I'm feeling all laid back with my mind on my money and my money on my mind. You know, Craig, hey, man, if, if this all works for you, I'm, I'm happy, man. I'm happy. <laughs> if you'd like to check out the archive of Coffee with Craig and James, you can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. Of course, we hope you'll check us out on the flagship channel. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, everybody, and we hope to see you again next time. Peace out, everyone. Throw your hands in the air if you's a true player. I love it when you call me Big Pop. To the honeys getting money, playing fellas like dummies. Uh. I love it when you call me Big Pop.